Whew. Right, are we ready? Let's do this. Yep. Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. You'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. There you go. Got to change it up for this one, haven't we? Hello, everyone, and you're listening to the Brunty Bugle, the number one place to get our kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Mike Booth. And I'm Dan McLennan. And now you're going to believe us, lads, aren't you? Yes, the Blues are fine. They've done it. Cal United will be playing in League One next season after a dramatic afternoon in the sunshine in North London. And oh, but today's episode is only one topic, isn't it, lads? Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think either of us have much to say because we're just still absolutely speechless. <laughs> that that are incredibly hungover. <laughs> yeah, a bit of both. For us too, at least. You, you, you're not so much done, are you? Because you had to drive back on Sunday night, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I only drove Penrith to Carlisle Park, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just had that one beer very first thing in the morning. So, mm. uh, yeah. how how are you both, Dan? First of all, how how are you feeling after after that? Are you still quite in disbelief at what happened? No, no, because you always believed, didn't you? You always believed. I've, I've said I've said for a long, long time, and uh, it was funny on one of my very many social media posts this weekend, uh, and an old mate of mine actually said, "I remember you telling me." in Woodrow's in January that Carlisle were going up and I believed you. Yeah. So. No, to be fair, you, you've always been Mr. Positive on this. I think, to be fair, we all have. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there really? I mean, Mike, how are you feeling? I mean, we'll talk about our epic train journey back, <laughs> which for once we weren't too fussed about the delays we had on that um, later, but how are you feeling today? Yeah, I mean, I've just spent most of today just watching all the footage on social media. I mean, I could gladly watch phone footage from every single one of the 15,000 Cumbrians of Taylor Charter's penalty and I'd, I'd never get bored of it I mean just what a day I'm I'm just still absorbing absolutely everything that went on watching things again and again and again and just loving it because you know God knows we've suffered the past God knows how many years you You've got to enjoy moments like this. Yeah, I'm purely being fueled on orange lucasade and tea today. I that's how <laughs> I feel. I'm what? I mean, like I said, we'll tell you a bit more about our journey later. But I got back into my house at about half one ish, I think, in the morning, um, and I didn't get. To I've sleep. been on three and a half hours by then. In I Carlo. know, which is insane. I mean, it's literally part... ten o'clock. I pulled. <laughs> I pulled out in front of my house. Ten o'clock. It's, it's funny because, like, I. Me and Mike at 10 o'clock were still thinking, I mean, we're still coming to, up to crew, weren't we? I think at that point we were. Yeah. Even, in fact, no, we, we probably, in fact, we'd have been about Tamworth by then. Um, yeah, it, it it was a long, long old journey back. And like I said, I think it's, I didn't get to sleep till like half four in the morning because I was wired. I, I'm always like that after a big game like that. I, I really struggled to sleep. And this was probably that times about 100. It was just the buzzing feeling and all the emotions coming back of... of yeah, it wasn't the greatest game in the world. I thought it was quite entertaining in places, but it wasn't the greatest game of football. But playoff finals quite often aren't, are they really? They're quite tense mm. affairs, aren't they, Mike? Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, a narrow game is certainly how, how I'd describe it. I mean, 
some people saying that we were the better team. I think if we were... Edged it. We edged, edged it, it I, I think, think, is the best way I'd describe it, yeah. yeah. I think the fact that they had, was it one shot on target, Dan, I think, over the 120 minutes, which was Stratton's effort. Yeah. And we had maybe three at least, I think, possibly, because keepers made two good saves from memory mm. as well as the goal. So, very, very tight affair. And like I said, there wasn't much to pick with the two teams. And sadly, I think the only way you were going to solve it was penalties, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, like, this episode's going to be very much off the cuff. We, we've not really done a massive amount of prep because none of us are in a particularly great state to do it, are we? <laughs> we have got some of your contribution, though. We've got five separate 60-second uh, reviews coming up. Um, we'll, we'll probably start with the what, because we want to hear, everyone wants to hear the catchphrase. We'll start with that in a minute. But we're going to go through some... Just a bit of the match action first. We're going to cover that. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the when the teams were announced, guys, a um, little bit surprised that Feeney didn't make the bench in the end, or did you think Melisha Barkley was the obvious only change really to make? Go on, Dom. Uh, I can see why not because uh, Simo's quite he's quite loyal to the players who yeah. get him there. And it would have been harsh on Jack Robinson. You know, I mean, who, who's to say that, uh, you know, maybe Feeney didn't have a very slight, you know, just thought it too much of a risk. There was a few rumours during the week that he'd, he'd had to pull out of a training session part of the way through or wasn't involved in a training session. But that might have been media duties and things like that, possibly. You know, yeah. It was quite a mixed week, wasn't it? I think some players were in, some players weren't on certain sessions. They were just mixing it up, I think. so. Um, Mike, were you surprised or did you think it was fair enough in the end? Yeah, I mean, I did think that it at least made the bench. Um, so, I mean, since Simo obviously knows what he's doing, maybe mm. he wasn't quite up to it. And you've got to factor in, if somebody gets injured in the first minute, you know, is, would he have been able to play 120 minutes? Maybe not. Yeah. It's a fair point that, yeah, you don't want to be taking a risk of putting someone in there and you're thinking you have to sub him again later in the game, is it really? So there you go. Um, I think, you know, I don't even know how many changes Stopport made or anything. I think I was a bit surprised to see Sarsovic starting for them because he seemed to be used as a sub lot, a lot lately and Will Collar was left on the bench. I know he's coming back from an injury, but that, that was the one that surprised me a little bit. Um, game, I mean, in terms of build-up in the game itself, it was, you know, it, the atmosphere got going pretty well early on um, very evenly matched first half wasn't it Dan I don't think there was much to pick between the two sides in the, in the first 45 minutes no not at all uh, you know I think I think the stats actually had us uh, I think it was 51-49 in our favour I saw yeah. of uh, possession when I looked at half time and yes Stockport had took the lead but it was only due to a massive deflection and when when a ball loops that much, it goes over a stretching six foot nine keeper. You know, it's took a big deflection. You know, so yeah. I thought I thought Mike. We said at the time, didn't we? Uh, Olafea trying to take credit for that goal was a bit mm. bit rich, really, wasn't it? With his arms outstretched. Yeah. Come on, mate, you're crossing the ball there. Don't try and kid anyone. But yeah. you, you're right. What you said there, Dan, isn't isn't he, Mike? In the, it's one of those ones. That the, the loop is so much in. You can't even question Holy's positioning. He's come to the near post to cover that, as he should do in that that situation. And yeah. it's just such a wicked deflection. Exactly. And for me as well, I mean, Mellish got a really soft booking. The referee, we'll touch on him in a bit, but the referee didn't have a very good game. I don't think Mellish should have been booked. And I think if Mellish wasn't booked, Mellish would have got into him rather than kind of stand off and block the cross. 
Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point, to be fair. He did have to stand up a little bit more uh, throughout the game as a result of that booking. Dan, what are your thoughts on that booking? I, I, at the time, for me, I think he wins the ball. I've seen it back on the TV footage now. He might just catch the defender slightly, but I don't think it's worth a booking that early in the game. Do you? No, not at all. It's a really soft one. Some hands and blads, yeah. It wasn't yeah. a booking. It was, it was embarrassing. We've got to yeah. talk about the ref later. We're not going to give him air time now. No, no, exactly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in terms of that, rest rest of Stockport's chances the first half were long-range efforts that were usually dragged wide, weren't they? There wasn't mm. much for Holy to do. I think he handled his you know, crosses pretty well, you know, in terms of claiming and then punching and... and um, United, though, had three decent chances, didn't they? Um, the first one, uh, Garner headed from a free kick. There was a sort of question at the time, could he have headed it back across goal rather than go for the, the near post to him? Um, Hinchliffe makes a really good save in terms of tipping it around the post. Gets a lot of power into his header from about 12 yards out, to be fair, Joe. Mike, do you reckon he, he should have gone the other way? For me, I think he's done what he can there because the, the, the position of the ball and where he's at. Yeah, I think, like like you say, he did what he could and forced a good save out of the keeper. And, you know, their keeper, at the end of the day, made more good saves than Holy did. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, in terms of the other chances, uh, Senior breaks away down the middle after a good bit of pressing. Maybe could play the ball a bit sooner to Gordon, but actually when you watch back the footage, Akil Wright gets in a very good position to the point where he can't really play the ball around him, can he really? He, he, his positioning is the point where Gordon just isn't an option until he gets as close as he can. Uh, and then Gordon himself had a good chance just before the break, didn't he, My, uh, Dan? Um, can he do better with this one? They said, I think, interestingly, Steve Evans, watching it back on the Sky footage, he actually said that there's a bad touch by Gordon at the end, and I would agree with him on that. The, the last touch he takes before the shot is what makes it more difficult for him. Well, I've zero interest in anything Steve Evans ever says. Uh, <laughs> but go on, though. No, ter- even if he did have a bad touch, so what? <laughs> I, know, but, he, I know, but I know, but he probably he probably should do a little bit better with that shot, shouldn't he? I think yeah, maybe. Created it well, there. We're being harsh, aren't we? We're being harsh. Yeah, we're being a little bit harsh, but yeah, it, it, it was kind of a positive to go into the break on. There was no feeling of like, okay, I, I think we agreed, Mike, didn't we? When we were chatting at half time, we said. I think we've Chris who was there with us. Um, we, we all said like we're, we're all right with this actually. You know, we're, you know, it's a, it's a fluky goal they scored. They've not really threatened the goal. We've looked okay on the break. Just got to keep calm and, and grind them down as much as anything, didn't we? Yeah, and it was one of them as well. Second half, we're obviously attacking our end, which always just gives you that a little bit more momentum. Obviously, stop what we're attacking their end, but yeah, I think we we knew that if we had a sort of spell and if we got a goal. I think there was only ever going to be one winner, and there was. Yeah, absolutely. Second half, I've got to say, it started quite slow. There wasn't really a huge amount in it. The one moment that really stood out for me in the, probably the first half, and I, well, there's a couple of moments in the first half or so, was there was one point we were on the break and a corner was cleared, and Callum Guy goes to head it back, and he gets the most blatant elbow in his back, and nothing mm. was given. Mm. Again, that was another appalling decision by the referee. But for me, Dan, the big moment in the sort of opening moments of the opening ten minutes or so of the second half was the Akil right header for them. Oof. He's got that should, been, that should have been game over. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was sat right behind the goal on the uh, middle tier, so we had a great yeah. view down the bottom end. And when he went up for it, I was like, oh, how's he missed that? You know. I mean, I don't. I don't think he realised how much goal he had to aim at, you know. 
I don't think you realise how unmarked he was as well. There was no one near yeah, him. Yeah. And it was yeah. the one occasion where they got, got him free of anyone. And you're right, Dan, there was a proper collective intake of breath at our end, wasn't there, when that when he headed it? And, oof, I mean, he couldn't have got much close. Like, it lit, just sort of scraped the paint of the post almost, didn't it? It was that close. Um, but but again, because Holy is so massive. Go on, mm. Mike, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, because Holy is so massive, people feel like they have to aim for the corner every time. That's and true, yeah. That's how, that's how they miss chances yeah. like that. Yeah, like, sorry, like I was just saying, I, I think I think that chance is also a bit of a turning point for us. You know, yeah. it's, I, think you know that, I, think, I think we sort of realise if, if we do go two down, it's, it's going to be hard. I think it's that point as well that Simo got the thought of, right, I need to make a change here. I need to freshen it up a little bit and attack and, and bring on some fresh legs. And we'll talk about the Simo substitutions later because I think that's a really important talking point for this game. And it just started to lift us that little bit and we just started creeping into the game. Gibson coming on made a big difference, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of his directness on the right um, later on. And then there was a, a, a balmy 90 seconds, wasn't there? Um, yeah. uh, first up, their defender goes down in the box try, trying to win a free kick. Nothing given. Edmonton's away there. And to be fair, Edmonton does brilliantly and does everything right to pick out Mellish, doesn't he? And Mellish, by this point, who's in midfield, hit a low shot. Well, not a low shot, so he's got a, bit, a little bit of height in it, towards goal. Now, there's a big question over whether it's a handball. We haven't seen any replays of this yet, so we've no idea in terms of what actually happened because we literally only got the one main camera angle for it. Referee doesn't give anything. Apparently, VAR checked it and said it wasn't, so you'd have to presume that it didn't hit the lad's hand. But it looked like it was up, Mike, didn't it? It looked like a stonewaller, and it, it looked like he, you know, he wasn't keeping his hands down by his side to avoid handballing it. Yeah, it was it was a save. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He, if he, Thomas Holy made that save, would be buzzing. He, his arms up, Dan, isn't it? But I think when you watch the footage, it's very hard to tell whether it's hit his arm or hit his chest because it happened so quickly. Yeah, but uh, at the time, I thought it was, and having watched replays, I still think it was. Yeah, I can only presume they had another replay that they looked at at Stockley Park um, that showed that basically it wasn't. Um, but then literally, 60 seconds later, great break down the right. Um, ball down the right, but initially by Senior to pick out um, Gibson. He holds it up well. And then Senior makes a brilliant run into the area to lose his man. Gibson's ball into him. Now you point this out, Mike, isn't it? The ball's behind him when it comes to him, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very yeah. difficult one to control. Very difficult, and the, how he man- like it'd be hard to control as it is, but the way he managed to control it and bring it forward at the same time yeah. into acres of space in the box was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, at full pelt, he's, he's run into yeah. the box of it and uh, gets it under control, plays a lovely ball across. Now, I've heard a few people saying that Horsford's a poor clearance from him and he's got to do better. I, I feel that's a bit harsh, don't you, Dan? Because for me, if you watch the replays from, from one of the angles behind the goal, Edmonton's got a tap in if he doesn't touch mm. it. He has no choice but to try and get something on it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, as a defending team, you defend your goal at all costs. He's got to get something on it. It's unfortunate for him. It's landed in a good place for us, hasn't it? Exactly. And Amari Patrick's not someone who's been in outstanding form in front of goal this season, unfortunately, and like his spell at the end, towards the end of last season. But what a finish this is, Mike, isn't it? Because the easy thing yeah. would be to thrash at it to smash it or to, you know, try and go for the top corner and take a big risk. But he places it into that bottom corner beautifully, doesn't he? Yeah, fantastic finish. And we all just went 
absolutely mental. And again, just before you say anything like that, I just give a bit of credit to Ryan Edmondson as well because he got himself out of the way quickly. If you watch the yeah. angle from behind the other goal, it, if he doesn't get out of the way, it's going to hit him and it goes it goes clear. So he does well to avoid it and let the ball go into the bottom corner. And yeah, and like but you said, for, for that well for that ten minute spell, we absolutely battered them as well. Yeah. We, we could have maybe even got another goal before the ninety minutes were up. Yeah, what was your feeling when that goal went in, Dan? Darius. Uh, I probably can't say it live on air. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it, we basically went 4 2 4. Yeah. Mm. After all the changes. And we just, every time, every time we ran at them on the floor, we absolutely put the shits off them. You know, they yeah. were backing off, they were letting us run. And it was only a matter of time before we scored. And like, like we just said, we could have scored again, to be quite honest. It's interesting because Dennis came on at this point. Had already come on like a few minutes before. In fact, I, I think literally just before the attack that had the handball incident happened, Dennis had just come on, and I think at that point they were panicking because like, well, who picks him up now as well? They've clearly gone with two up front, but also two wingers. They just didn't seem to know how to cope with it. And actually, after the goal, they made a sub and brought off Callum Camps and brought on um, Niall Byrne, didn't they? To, to bring on an extra defender for a midfielder. So they were clearly worried at that point, weren't they? they can, they've seen that when we make subs, we get a really big impact onto the team at the moment. And and yeah, like you said, like the celebrations are amazing, but we'll, we'll talk about them separately. That's a, a, an important talking point because that was incredible. Um, but then literally a minute later, or a minute or two later, Patrick nearly gets a second, doesn't he? A great little bit of play down the right. And I think, it, I can't remember if it was Gibson or Senior that cuts it back to him. Maybe, maybe Edmondson, because Edmondson was drifting out that way as well. The ball's cut back to Patrick, and I think it's uh, Kyle Noyle just gets the ball before him, doesn't he? With a mm. brilliant, brilliant tackle, to be fair. So, yeah, uh, amazing stuff. Um, like you said, we had about a 10-minute spell at this point where we were on top, but then I think someone went down with a cramp or an injury or something, and it just killed that bit of momentum, didn't it, when we are going into that yeah. nine minutes of added time, and it came a little bit end-to-end, but not really with any clear-cut chances at that point, and... I think, to be honest, towards the end of the nine minutes, both sides were kind of like, okay, let, let's just get ourselves ready for extra time here, weren't they, Dan? Yeah, um, you know, as is natural when it, uh, when it gets to the very end, you know, nine minutes mm. injury time. That, that was, I think that was 13 in the 90 minutes itself. <laughs> you know, there does come a period where you think, right, it's going to extra time. Obviously... The game today, Sheffield Barnsley showed what can happen at the end of games. I know that was deep in in the extra time itself, but mm. but yeah, like, I think it was everyone was sort of like, yeah, draws right, let's go again. Yeah, first half of extra time. Let's not even bother talking about it. Nothing happened really, did they? I think both it was teams non-eventful, wasn't it? Non-eventful. A lot of players going down with cramp. I mean, a Huntington by the end, my God, he could barely walk. What what a performance he put mm. in. Again, we will talk about individuals shortly, um, but then. Into the second half extra time, a big chance for each side, wasn't there? I mean, first up, Jack Stretton for for once got isolated against Huntington in behind, cuts back inside, and he curls one that's heading for the top corner, Mike, isn't it? But Big Thomas, the one moment he was called upon and, and he delivered, didn't he? Yeah, and that's the only real save he had to make all game, but yeah. Christ, he made it, you know, and <laughs> yeah. And then the, I, I feel like... I don't know. I don't know if the Stockport players kind of thought, you know, at that moment, God, it's hard to get something past this keeper. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? he's a big presence, isn't he? And and mm. Dan, it, it, I think this goes back to what something Mike said before, doesn't it? About the fact that when you when you look back at it on TV, it doesn't look that good of a save because he's so big, his feet are almost still touching the ground when he's stretching to tip it over. Whereas if that's like a Mark Howard or someone like that, they're probably full stretch, probably feet flying off the ground. For Holy, at least you're just a sort of plucking out and palming it over the bar almost. But it is a brilliant save, isn't it? It's just uh, where, where Holy's uh, size sort of came into play, isn't it? You know, he's just just so, so big. He's, he's there, you know. I mean, like I say, previous keepers would have been absolute full pelt stretch. Mm. Some go of them in, like, got every, every Yeah, every sinew stretching, you know, whereas Thomas is just like arm out, tip, yeah, sorted. Yeah, Carry on. Absolutely. And then Dan as well. I mean, the, the save from Dennis by there, lad. Brilliant save, unbelievable mm. save, isn't it? Like, I, I, fair, fair play to the fella. Like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't genuinely believe that he managed to get to that. Because when we watched it live, we said, "Mike, didn't we? I thought it hit the bar." I was going, and then when I saw people like saying it had gone over the line, I was like, "Did he save it?" <laughs> it was weird, wasn't it? Like, like we were like, "What?" And when you watch back, and, and it actually, it's actually not that close to going over the line when you look back on the TV footage, but still, it's an incredible save, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I knew at the time it was a save, uh, but yeah, what a save it was. Um, both keepers making top saves in extra time is kind of why I thought it was a very even game. Uh, and yeah, penalties is the only way to save. I think I think once the Dennis save happened, I sort of thought, yeah, penalties it is. Yeah, mm. from that point, there wasn't really any big chance after that, was it? It was very simple, very sort of... Um, Basically, I think both teams were a little bit exhausted by then, weren't they? Because I think Whelan went down with cramp as well. My first feeling before the penalties was, Christ, I hope this doesn't go on forever because I didn't... It's not that I don't fancy them as players, but both Corey Whelan and Paul Huntington looked tired mm. and I thought, don't really want them having to step up and take a penalty in that situation. Um, the pens themselves, Dan. I mean, got to say, top quality from pretty much all of them, wasn't it? From both sides, bar the one from Rydell. Yeah, there were, there were, I don't think even the, the penalty that was saved, I don't think it was a particularly bad penalty. It was no. just a good save. Yeah, I think Hurley anticipated it well, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah, fair play at that. I mean, in terms of our pens, talking about them, I mean, first up, Mike, Dennis. I mean, we know we can trust him, can't we, really? He's going to yeah. send the keeper the wrong way, wait wait for them to move. Um, who was next? I can't remember who the second one was. Oh, it was John Mellish, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was not missing that penalty, was he? <laughs> No, and, and, and you, no. you spotted kind a of redeemed thing. him for that uh, own goal as well a bit. Yeah, definitely with his mum, didn't it? I think because he saw mm. her tweet saying, "All right, the the, the penalty maybe because she apparently didn't watch it. She couldn't watch it when he when she mm. thought he was stepping up." Uh, you spotted something on the video as well, didn't you, Mike, of uh, one of the pitch side blues ones of that? Yeah, he uh, told the um, Stockport fans where to go after uh, <laughs> after taking it. Shall we say? He's just he doesn't care, does he? He's just a no. barn pot, isn't he? Um, other ones, uh, Dan Edmondson. Fair play for him to stepping up because he missed the penalty against Orient early in the season, didn't he? When you think back to it. Was it Orient? I can't remember. He missed it. No, it was Doncaster, sorry, wasn't it? Doncaster, yeah. Doncaster, he missed the penalty against them early in the season, didn't he? So fair play, Dan, for him to step up and take one in that situation. And actually, sorry, I should say, he missed one for Port Vale against Swindon last season in the playoffs too. Still went up twice, wasn't he, in a playoff final? Exactly. Now that's the point, though. I'm saying to, to be able to step up and do it, though, the fair play, mm. lad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and also, Dan. I mean, Moxon's penalty. What a penalty that was, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, uh, 
you know, Mocks and Uncharters, you know, both young lads, you know, yes, it wasn't a 90,000 full Wembley, but there's still a hell of a lot of pressure on them. Mm. And it's, uh, doff your cap to them. Before we go on, Dan, I I really apologise to you before I do this, but I'm going to have to mention the trophy. I know you hate us mentioning it on here, and I I don't like doing it as much as myself, but there is penalty shootouts in the competition in both the group stages and the knockouts. And I think that has probably helped a little bit with Taylor Charters in this, in that Taylor Charters, I'm pretty sure, has scored like three, three or four penalties for his in shootouts in the trophy in recent seasons. And he's a very... <laughs> He's a very good penalty taker. The one thing it showed that he's a very good penalty taker and to have the coolness to just wait for the keeper to move and just roll it into the other corner in that situation. Absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Not sure what it's going to do for a trophy myself. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. But no, like forget the trophy bit for now anyway, right? Yes, that's better. What, right, okay, what about that penalty though? They scored penalties because Paul Simpson had his way of doing penalty practice. Mm. Mm. He talked about it for the week. It's got sod all to do with tainted trophies. <laughs> he had his uh, he had his way of prepping for them, and it worked. Yes, he did. He did. To be fair, I, I'd heard some stories about training this week, and apparently Holy was excellent on terms of saving penalties. But actually, quite a few of the players are very good at scoring penalties, and Charters was one of the ones who apparently didn't miss a single penalty that mm. he took. During the week, which which goes to show, you know, about Mike, doesn't it? Practice makes perfect. Yeah, and not only that, but, you know, I sort of said in the pre-match episode that we need to play players based on the commentator would say, you can't write oh, scenes like this. And obviously, believe. local lad stepping up to take the penalty, <sighs> you can't write scenes like that. I can't believe we're humouring him with this, Dan. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's banging on about this after the game. It's driving me mad. Um, you're right, though. It's a nice narrative, isn't it? It's good, it's good for the commentators. And mm. um, a Cumbrian lad, a lad who's come up through the academy, a lad who's watched us as a kid to score that goal. And it was lovely as well to see his two fellow uh, Maryport professional footballers uh, sending in some nice comments. There was a nice photo of uh, him and Glenn Murray uh, from before the game because Glenn was at the match. I think he was doing some EFL-related stuff. Um, and uh, Kyle Dempsey as well gave him a few little tweets after the game as well in Instagram posts, so... That was really nice to see. And uh, and yeah, the, the ball goes in the back of the net, Dan, and it's just bedlam at that point, isn't it? Oh, absolute chaos everywhere, wasn't it? You know, it's just the whole one end of the stadium just went balmy. I kind of, there was a little bit in, in the back of my head was feeling a little bit sorry for those Stockport fans because you could see how gutted, like the silence from their end was pretty much deafening, wasn't it? It was kind of like yeah, so loud from our end. They they emptied very quickly. I thought. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't really want to stay around to watch a team pick up a playoff trophy. Which no, is, it's me the worst, It's the worst possible one to be to be to be. But, there, but as well, there was quite a few like YouTubers in the Stockport end and yeah. watching the footage back. There's something harrowing because we've been there before where it's all silent around you and you're hearing the cheers come from the other end of the stadium. And um, we've been there. I mean, it, it's been entertaining to watch the videos back, but. And God, what a noise we made! But when you watch them back, it's funny because it's great because you get to see. I thought it was hilarious that all the vloggers were going in the Stockport end because they all seemed convinced that Stockport were going to win. Mm. Um, well, let, 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 let's be honest; nobody gave us a, a chance oh, from no. the outset in these playoffs. Mm. Uh, no, of course not, because of know, the form of going to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was funny, like you said, you, you hear that just stone, stone deaf silence. 
except for the occasional person kicking some of those metal shutters that were at the back of the stand in frustration. Bless them. But um, yeah, that was it. End of the game. And I, I, I think every emotion came out. I think both me and you were blubbing a bit, weren't we, Mike? At yeah. the end. Oh, I, I, I was a mess. And I, do you know what? I've never been like that at football before. But obviously we've won league titles and stuff in the past and it's great, but you can kind of see it coming a little yeah. bit. But in a this playoff all, match, yeah. you either go up or you don't. It's simple as. It's all condensed into that one moment, that one penalty, yeah. isn't it? Really, that's the thing. And and yeah, it was just it was mad. I was there hugging everyone. I was hugging Greg. I think I, I think my voice broke for the second time as well at that point. I was pretty much squealing. I was shouting that much. There's a horrendous video that Greg sent me. He managed to find on uh, the Sky Sports coverage of me um, wait trying to wave my scarf over my head, but I just have no control of my body at all. I'm just looking <laughs> absolute prat. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was remarkable, wasn't it? It was, I mean, what would you say, Dan, one of the best days out following the Blues? Yeah, yeah, it, it is because as the only one that rivals it for me was the first Wembley in 95. Yeah. Because like I said last time, Nobody cared about the result that day. It was just no. Carlisle United at Wembley. Ne- yeah. We never ever thought that would happen. I mean, we've been we've been blessed almost, you know, five times at Wembley, twice at mm. Cardiff in in what twenty seven, twenty eight years. Um, no, it was it, it's bang up there for me. You know, it's uh, as when when the trophy was a, a, a proper competition, it was great to get to finals. It was brilliant to win them. But it, it it is only the League One and Two Cup, you know. Yeah. And a, a promotion playoff tops it for me. Yeah, because of what it means next season as well mm-hmm. as this season. That's the key thing, isn't it? I think with that, um, I, I, you're right there, Dan. And you mentioned '95, and obviously for me, we weren't able to go in '95. My family we couldn't afford it at the time, so we missed out. But we watched it at home. So for me, it probably is up there as my best day out watching Car United and. I'm going to guess, Mike, you're going to agree on that, probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, never, never mind best day of my life watching Carlisle United. Best day of my life, full stop, honestly. Wow. <laughs> like, just incredible. Um, and and I, I guess for you, Dan, as well, taking your lad down, you know, the, this, yeah, yeah. you're getting to see it through his eyes as well. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was properly buzzing, you know. He was showing us his Snapchat he was sending to his mates back home. And, Amazing. You know, when when the penalties, he was gripping onto my arm and punching the air every time. And, you know, and just he was absolutely shattered on was... the last part of the journey. He, he, he tells me he didn't fall asleep in the car, <laughs> even though he, he was resting 100%. his eyes. But uh, <laughs> he, he even cost me nine quid for a bloody bottle of limited edition Prime, but... I didn't care. I was going to say, was that was that what was the highlight of his day? The winning penalty or the limited edition <laughs> yeah. bottle of prime? No, it's goal. Good, good. Right, should we should we get through some of these six second reviews then? Because we've got a few to come. Um, yeah. I've not. So we've got uh, five in total. I've not actually listened to any of them. Um, you two have listened to both Regan and Craig, who are two of our probably most regular ones this season. I think Mike, you suggested I should go with Regan's before I go with Craig's, didn't you? Yeah. Right, I'm going to go... Well, let's have Regan first, because we all want to hear it, don't we? We all want to hear the catchphrase. So let's... <laughs> let's this. I think he sent us this when he got back to Stockport, where he lives, <laughs> funny enough, uh, this this weekend, or earlier today. So um, here is Regan's 60-second review. 
once again, Simul's Blues have left me absolutely speechless. Um, yeah, I think we were the better team. I think we deserved it. Um, it's, yeah, I'm unsure how because we kind of stumbled into the playoffs. Well, we were pretty comfortable getting in there, but our form into it was really poor going into it. Obviously, that game at Sun was absolutely dreadful, but the two games against Bradford, I think we absolutely blew them away. Um, with miles better side and we were the only one that looked like going through and then yesterday um, I saw they had 16 shots but the only save Thomas Hawley has to make was that amazing save that he made from straight shot and then other than that that was it really a few claimed crosses and stuff like that but he was kept pretty quiet um, every one of the lads out there has worked their socks off and we deserve this so much the fans the club we all deserve this because we have put up with some absolute dross through the years. Um, I know little Craig will do a better review than me, um, so I'll save that for him. And there's only one thing left for me to say for the final time this season: shag a shag, and it's as simple as that. John Coleman, get it printed up the League One Blues. Yes, <laughs> hey, I tell you what, John, we're not cowards. We we put, we put it in there, uncensored every single week. Yeah. Get get it printed, John. Go on, get it printed. Um, yeah, sums it up pretty well, doesn't it? You know, like I said, it it's weird. You know, we stumbled into the playoffs almost at the end, but actually, over the three games in the playoffs, done, we've 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 looked the better side for pretty much. I'd say yeah, up until much. the first goal at Bradford. Yeah, from then on, we've been the better team in all the action. So that's yes, yeah. Well, we quarters. edged it against. Right. Yeah, obviously we edged it against Stoppard. So we're not massively better, but we were better. I no, think. no, but we were the better team for me. Yes, edged it, but we were the better team, and you know we we deserve to be in the final, and we deserve to go for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, would you, would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, uh, and I, I think a lot of it comes down to our players. Some some players rise to big occasions; others don't. And we've seen earlier in the season, you know, some big away crowds even. Our players stepped up to that. And I'm not necessarily saying that Stockport didn't, but our players absolutely did. And likewise against Bradford, our players stepped up to it. And that that's what you want. And you don't necessarily know when you're buying a player in the summer if they'll st- they're the kind of player that will step up to a big occasion. But it seems that Simo's assembled a squad of players that, that can. Yeah. The character's the big thing that stands out in their mm. squad, isn't it? And like, well, we'll talk about the players in a minute, maybe, but we'll we'll do Craig's little review in a minute because obviously, as we know, um, the, it, it, everyone knows that they are two. Uh, look, we we love all of our six second reviews, don't we? We're not <laughs> going to say we don't like any all of them, but our two favourites are definitely Regan and Craig because they've consistently been sending us stuff all season. Craig is the favourite. Sorry, Regan, you you, you, you know you're <laughs> second place, but. There was the, the greatest crossover since Avengers Endgame, wasn't there, at the weekend, yeah. Dan? Mm. Because young young Craig and not quite as young Regan met each other in the Green Man, didn't they? We we didn't make it to the Green Man because by the time we actually got off, because our, our train was slightly delayed, we missed our connection to Wembley Central. And by the time we got to Wembley Central, we were getting told by people, don't bother coming to the Green Man, it's full. And they're not letting people in. So all you fans who got to have spend a brilliant time with Dean Walling, fans to my recommendation that he goes there. <laughs> we didn't actually get to see him, but both Regan and Craig were there and they got to meet each other. So there's a lovely photo that we shared on our Twitter feed. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look. Um, 
But yes, should, should, should we do Craig's review now that I've not heard this? You two have, so you clearly enjoyed yeah. it. I say it's 60 second review. It's about 120 seconds because there's extra time <laughs> one, and penalties. One, one second for each minute of the game. Exactly. So here, here is Craig's 120 second review. Well, what an amazing day. I finally met Regan. But <laughs> there was one small problem. There was a match to go to, so I couldn't stay with him. But anyhow, more on the match, the atmosphere was amazing. Like, could not have been better. There were so many Carlisle fans there. Like, they were all just giving it their all, bouncing up and down, showing the support for the team. It was wonderful. They were all giving it their all. And the game itself, what a game. I think it's the best game of football I've ever seen. Very tight game. First half, I think Stockport were definitely the better side. But we came off second half and really showed who the Cumberians are. And I think that based on that second half alone, we deserved what was going to come. Extra time came. It was really, really nervy at that point. I felt everybody was on the edge of their seat, like, trying to not throw up at the nerves. And then extra time was over and it went to the dreadful penalties. Nobody likes penalties, but it's what we had to do. Penalties, we scored, and they scored in the first round. They missed one up. A good serve by Hawley. Like, really, really good serve. He had a really good game, actually. Um, and a goal by us. And then it's goal, 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 goal. And Taylor Charters, born Cumbrian, put in her way the last penalty to send us to League One. Celebration was amazing. Seeing the trophy lifted in the box and seeing seeing the lads in front of the big banner that said, we stepped up, it was amazing. It still feels like I'm living on cloud nine, but you know what? You know what? Up the League One Blues. Let's see it next season. League One. Hey, there you go. Good. Hey, nice to have a positive one from him. <laughs> he had nothing to complain <laughs> about for once, didn't he? Um, and, you know, he sounded so excited. I thought he'd done the whole 120 minutes with them at that point, didn't he? He was, <laughs> he was out of breath of excitement. Well, also, thank you, Craig, very much for your contributions all season. Very much appreciated. And we'll be having him back next season, won't we? I'm sure to to talk about uh, some of the great away days we've got next season, which is really, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um Brilliant. I think his dad was messaging me actually saying that. I think he was like going mad when the goal went in. He was running up and hugging strangers, Craig, and all kinds of stuff. He was just, <laughs> he just lost it, which is brilliant to hear. But I mean, hearing how much it means to those young kids, Dan, that's what it's all about, isn't it, really? In terms of like, yeah, we, we, we talked about it this season. I think John Coleman's written brilliantly about it as well, that those young lads in the Warwick Road and especially what, what they've done this season to rejuvenate the atmosphere there, that's carried on over to the older fans as well, isn't it? It's like, it's given them a bit of a, a spark to, to to really get back into the club as much, isn't it? Really, and and the atmosphere has really benefited from that. Yeah, uh, it's the whole the whole thing's just you know enjoy, enjoy every second of it because you know we are Carlisle United. It's gonna gonna down. It's not gonna <laughs> last forever. But while yeah. it's here, you know, just bloody enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some people who, you know, we, we, we've complained about quite a few things this season. I, just, I do think to myself, how, how could you complain this season? It's been so enjoyable to watch, hasn't it, Mike? And, you know, yeah. we, we touched on, you know, we won't go into details, you know, people who boycotting games for various reasons or whatever, which is just ridiculous in my eyes, to be, to be brutally honest. But it, it's just been so enjoyable, hasn't it, to watch? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think so many people as well, their first games, this isn't just kids, adults as well, their first games watching the club this season. And this club will grab you and you're going to be coming back for the rest of your life. And this club is going to ruin your life. It's ruined my life and you know, <laughs> numerous journeys back from long away trips thinking, why do I do this to myself? But that this, is why you do it. This is, is why, why we do it, do it you exactly. know. And it, it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, but it's just if you could bottle up the way that that game made me feel at full time, you know, you'd be a millionaire because yeah. it's just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it absolutely. And like you said, there, it's just it's just incredible, isn't it? What what, what this what this club will do to you <laughs> in terms of that sort of stuff. It's uh, it, it's just. It's just remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even know how to, how to put it, really. Um, it's it's funny because, um, well, around the Millen era, we were going to do a pod, weren't we, about the state of the club. And yeah. we're going to touch on... We never got around to recording it, but we're going to touch on sort of the buzz and how the, the buzz was yeah. lost in 2008, wasn't it? And some people say it was the Leeds playoff game. Others say it was some of the league games before that that the buzz was lost, but... Whenever it was, the buzz is back now. There's, there's no doubt about that. The buzz is back. We're all excited. Hey, yeah, yeah there exactly. we go. I was waiting for you to say that, but yeah, it, it's just, ah, oh, I don't even know how to put it. It's just, it's just amazing, isn't it? Um, let's talk about the limbs from Patrick's goal then. I mean, there's been some amazing celebrations for goals this season. I mean, we saw them in the game against Bradford in the, the semi-final. That's got to be the best of the lot, hasn't it, Dan? You'd think. I mean, uh, the, the, yeah. there's one particular video from the footage. It's the last replay they show, filmed from behind the opposite goal, and it's a slow motion one, and it just goes absolutely batshit, doesn't it, when that goal goes in? Yeah, yeah. that's it's, just brilliant, isn't it? You know, it's the the two the two Bradford games. I mean, obviously we didn't score in the first one. The second one was upped it, but that that beat it all yesterday. It beat it all. It was was absolutely remarkable, wasn't it? Um, We'll take a short break in a sec, but I just want to mention another thing I spotted on the... um, In terms of legends he went to the game, there's a few Kyanite legends. We've already mentioned Dean Walling then. He put a lovely uh, tweet up, didn't he, Um, with him and his... uh, I think he's his youngest son, was the eldest? Uh, I can't remember which way around it was. But anyway, with his son, he took to the game and he was saying how much he... Honoured he felt with all the people coming up and calling him a legend and stuff like that and saying how much the club means to him still to this day, which was great to see. There was a but the Michael... thing is, Go on. I was just going to say, the players that play today, they are now, you know, to kids, what Dean Walling is to you, say, Lee. Yeah. The players playing today are that to the kids of yeah. today. John, John Mellish is going to be the equivalent of that in years to come. Mm. That's what he's going to be viewed as, and quite rightly so. I mean... There was um, Michael Bridges was there as well. Obviously, he was uh, there. I think doing stuff for Sky a little bit as well. But he seemed to be really enjoying. There was a lovely video <coughs> of him with a young fan who's um, I think got autism. I think it was and um, mm. chatting with him before the game, which was a really lovely touch because I think it was the lad's birthday this weekend. So they'd got him to to meet Michael in the ground before the game. Um, who else was there? Peter Murphy we knew was there as well. Obviously, Cav. I think a lot of people were getting photos with Cav under the, the thing. Which Simon Hackney, Brendan yeah. McGill, yes, well, Josh Simon- Dowling. Yeah, well, Josh Garland was with uh, Simon Hackney, which is just bizarre, yeah. isn't it? But they seem to be really good mates. But yeah, I love the Simon Hackney one because he put it on the Be Just on Fairnock group and he said that, because obviously he's from Stockport, isn't he? We signed him from Woodley Sports, so he's a Stockport lad. And he said he was going down to watch the game 
going to try and be a neutral, wasn't he, basically? Because he thought, you know, it's my hometown team against the team I probably had my most success from for as a player. But he said it just grabbed him. And he feels that I feel like a fan now of the club, mm. which just goes to show he even affects people who've played for us before. It's not just us as, you know, companies as fans. That I, I say this repeatedly to many people all over the world. And I, I truly mean it, eh? There is not another football club like this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you were. Working... I, I, think, I think yesterday's sealed that, you know. Yeah. If you work your backside off, you know, for this team. The fans will love you. Whatever you do, even, yeah. even if you're not the greatest player in the world, you'll still be really well loved by the fans, won't you? And, and I've got to say just quickly before we go to the, the break, in terms of the Cav stuff as well, I mean, it was nice as well to see like fans wanting to get photos of him and, you know, going up to him and saying loads of stuff because, look, it didn't end very well his time as manager, did it really? And, you know, it, it wasn't that great. But as a coach and as especially as a player, he was a very good player for us. And I think it gets a little bit forgotten sometimes how good a player he was, he's, doesn't it? He's also a really nice bloke to talk yeah. to. yeah. Really, is, is, is he is he not is he not an agent now? Or scout I think or he works. Scout. I think he he does a bit of scouting, but I think he also works as an agent, possibly for the agency that um, I think Owen Moxon and Taylor Charles are signed to. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's linked to one one of them or both yeah. of them or something. I think Ian Hart's yeah, linked yeah. to the same agency. I think. So I think yeah, yeah. Works, there's so. quite a few players in the same one. Yeah, because I think that that's what they do. They have the main people who run it, but then they have like former players working as your advisors to help the players out and stuff like that. So which is really good to see. Right, let's take a short break and then we'll be back to hear more of your six-second reviews and talk more about the game. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorga. I mean, there's only one man we were going to have for the half-time break, wasn't there, for this week? Because we don't have a Taylor Charters one or an Amari Patrick one. So, you know, it's got to be Big Tomash. So so there you go. Um, right, uh, we'll do a 60-second review again in a sec, but talking about the game itself again here, Mike... Simo substitutions in this game. You know, he's been pretty good with this in terms of rotating strikers and bringing players in and changing games, isn't he? He obviously made the decision to put, push Mellish into midfield again in the second half, as he did in a league game against Stockport, and it had a really positive effect. Even when he's booking, he was causing problems. But it was the bravery, I thought, in terms of his, some of his other substitutions. Obviously, he brought on both Gibson and Charters to try and um, change things up and go to sort of 4-3-3 and put Charters into midfield alongside Mellish and Moxon with Gibson playing one side of uh, Patrick, you know, the Edmondson and Patrick on the other. But then he went really brave, didn't he, in terms of he took armour off, which mm. was quite a that surprise. Was a big one. That was a yeah. big one. And our first reaction, wasn't it, Mike, was like, well, who the hell's gone to left back? <laughs> we couldn't work mm. out because originally the, the board said four, Moxon, we were all like, what? But that was a mistake by the um, the, the assistant yeah. official. He just hadn't pressed it down one button on the thing. Um, but Charles slotted in there seamlessly and... Going that four two four made a difference, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think, and, I, I, sorry, I think you've got to remember Charters played left back, left wing back. Yes, there. yes, yeah. you're right. Actually, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's that's why we sort of forgot, didn't we? And then we realised Charters was. Oh yeah, of course he's played there before. Yeah, well, I, I feel at left back Charters offers us something that Armour doesn't really, and that Armour might sort of carry the ball and play a short ball inside or something, but. Charters was just kind of like he had a, quite a bit of space in that left back slot, mm. and he was just like pinging balls into the channel mm. quite a few times, and it was causing Stockport quite a few problems because um, he's he, he's got one hell of a left foot on him, yeah. Um, and yeah, it it, it was I, I would say over it was an attack and change mm. in my opinion, um, yeah. and yeah, it was a good one. But I, I said after the, after the Bradford game that Simo has talked a lot about starters and finishes. And for mm. me, them subs were 
what he's been on about all season. Yeah. And I think with some of the injuries, we've been having to start some finishes, you know, and then maybe bring on unfit starters and this and that and the other. But with the squad that he had available to him, he was able to start who he wanted and bring on the finishes that he wanted. Yeah, it definitely definitely made a big difference in this game. I, I would agree on that. Um, Dan, you'd agree on that in terms of his subs. You were pretty impressed with how it went. Yeah, they were, they were pretty much bang on the money. Uh, were you a little bit surprised actually that it didn't use the sixth sub that you're allowed to use? Because once you get to ex- extra time, well, I, 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 the extra I, I, when it got to extra time, I was, I, someone said it at all. There was a fella beside me who was like, "Are all the subs done?" And I was like, "I'm sure, 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 you get a sixth one for extra yeah. time." And obviously they so, used it, didn't they? At, at one point, I did wonder if Robinson was maybe going to come on for Huntington in the mm. last minute or two, because Huntington could hardly walk by then, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it worked out really well, didn't it? So there you go. Right, let's do another six-second review. Um, we've got Greg, uh, Nick, or my brother Blaine. So which one do you want first? Any. Doesn't matter. Go on, you pick it, Mike, then. Go on, we'll have Greg. All right, let's have Greg. Morning, Lee. Here's my review. Um, I've woke up. I thought I'd sleep on it and try and get some thoughts, but I'm still, um, I'm still in a state of euphoria. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know where to begin. What a season, um, and what a way to finish it. It's been fantastic from start to finish this season. Um, yesterday, um, trying to describe that, I don't know. Um, we didn't start the best, but we grew into the game. I thought over 120 minutes we were the better team. Um, there was some unbelievable performances um some people who i want to shout out from yesterday's performance in particular i thought senior was amazing what he's been like in the playoffs has been unreal huntington colossus at the back put his body on the line what a save from holy i hope that's put all the doubters wrong um he is a really good goalkeeper um the subs um maybe our hand was forced because we had to go and get the goal but you know what what a performance that they all put in and uh Gibson, fantastic when he came on, unreal. Um, yeah, I just I can't believe it. Um, I'm so proud of them. Uh, it's been one of the best seasons in a long time, and I'm just so glad to have seen it all. Up oh, the blues. Yeah, straight to the point there, Greg. Fantastic stuff. I'm a little before we move on to another one. Then should we talk about individual performances? Normally, we don't pick out all the players, but I think we need to touch on at least them all at least once, even if it's briefly. We'll start with defence, uh, goalkeeping defence, and then we'll move on to the rest of the team after we've done another six-second review, maybe. Um, we've already mentioned Thomas Shirley, haven't we? Brilliant performance. Not just in terms of making that save, Dan, but in terms of the way he handled the ball, the way he punched it. His kicking was pretty much spot on. I think he put one kick out of play, and that was it. Pretty much all the rest were in play. And just the way he dealt with corners, when he, even when you know there was place around him, he punched them with good distance, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think he shut a few people up yesterday, actually. Well, I, 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 I'm trying not to have any negatives, but there has been the odd chip uh, across the season. You know, the bloke's got 20 clean sheets. He's made a couple of mistakes. League two keepers, keepers do. Yeah. But he was absolutely class yesterday. I've always been of the thought, Mike, that if your keeper's making loads of spectacular saves all the time, that's not a good thing. Because no. that suggests that you've got an issue at the back and you're exactly. having to rely a bit too much on him and you haven't, you want it to be in a situation where your defence is a bit all solid. They trust the keeper behind them to basically be ready on those one, you know, very rare occasion when a chance comes in. And generally, Holy's been good at that season, hasn't he? 
Yeah, definitely. And like Dan said, there wasn't a lot of shots yesterday, but there was a hell of a lot of crosses for him to deal with. Um, and he dealt with all of them brilliantly. Yeah. Um, left back, left wing back, I should say, Dan. Um, Jack Armour, probably not one of his better games, to be fair. I don't think he was particularly bad, but I just don't think he was as involved. So I can kind of maybe see why Simo took him off in this game, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It was. It was just certainly by no means bad. Ten no, it no. was a very solid six out of ten. Mm. He just didn't get down and whacking his crosses in. Well, we seemed to go down the right a lot more yesterday, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a big change because we, we we're so left sided usually. You know, with um, Mellish, etc. Especially with so Mellish back was, in the uh, team as well. That was the, the made him yeah, even more yeah. of a surprise. But the the early booking had to slightly. Yeah, reined him in a little bit, didn't it? Mm. You know, so. Yeah, but no, um, and obviously speaking of going down the right, I've probably jumped ahead here. But on, uh, you do it. Take a bow, Joel Senior. Mm. Brilliant, absolutely. I thought yeah. genuinely brilliant performance. I think over the three playoff semi-finals, he's been fantastic, hasn't he, Mike? I think he's really grown into it. You know, look, he got took off on the ninety-minute mark against Bradford in the semi-final because he was just done. He was shattered. He played the whole hundred and twenty minutes in this one. And he didn't look tired before the end. He looked seven minutes, one hundred thirty-seven. Thank you for correcting me on the yes. all the added time. But like, like you say, like he he played the whole one hundred thirty-seven minutes. Didn't look tired at the end. He looked like one of the ones who could have kept going. Actually, to be fair, and I mean, some people said he was possibly man of the match, didn't they? Yeah, outstanding. And you know, without wanting to put a damper on it, he might be getting released in a couple of days. You know, but what what you know, and in that knowledge, he's. And, you know, I mean, he may well already know. I don't know. But, you know, still putting up absolutely everything on the line for the team, running his socks into the ground, getting forward and causing them a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. Game. In terms of that, Dan, do you think Simbo's maybe got a really hard decision to make on this one now, where he maybe thought his mind was made up and now he's looking thinking, well, actually, this boy can perform on the big stage? As we alluded to previously, Simo has already sort of said he knows what he's doing, regardless of what league we're in. So that suggests he's got two lists. Hmm. He's got one if we lost and stayed in League 2, and then he's got one if we went up and we go to League 1. Now, if you cast your mind back to when Simo was here first time, he was pretty ruthless when it came to this sort of thing. Yeah, Tom Cowan, Matty Glennon, Discarded. Mm. Yeah. You know, really good players at the time, but he knew they weren't good enough for that step up. Yeah. And I'm prepared to trust his judgment on it. So, you know, I mean, the release release list will probably come out Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. Yeah. But there will, there will be surprises on it. Yeah. But I think there'll be good reasons for those surprises. And... I fully expect Simo and Greg to have a comprehensive list of exactly who they want and who they've targeted already to replace the players that go. I think they probably as well have already been tentatively speaking to agents and those agents have been waiting to hear. Waiting to hear if we're going to be in League One or not. And that's probably what's going to hold us up, which does put us at a little bit of a disadvantage. But I'd imagine there's a few players waiting. And there was rumours we were linked to Jamie Sterry. Now he's signed for Doncaster Rovers. I'm I'm not too fussed at him, to be honest. He's he's getting a lot of injuries. He did say he spoke to a lot of teams. Yeah. But if, and that's a big if, because it's it's purely a rumour off the Hardicle message board, which 
yeah. isn't the the most secure source. <laughs> but if he's if he's been happy to go to Doncaster instead of potentially waiting for a League One move, off you trot, son. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, the, 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 we're expecting the retain list to come out later in the week, aren't we? Really, um, we'll, we'll, we will be doing an episode after that. I think, and we'll do a little, a very brief season review and look back at our. Um, and uh, what to call it, uh, season predictions as well, see how well they turned out. I think they've been quite good this year for all of us, actually, because I'm 99% certain we all predict us to win the playoffs. So um, but we'll have a look back at that. Um, yeah, so th- th- we'll, we'll all be doing something a bit more on that. But I, like I said, I think he's got some very tough decisions to make, but I think he will be ruthless. I agree with you on that one. Um, rest well, of the def- does anyone not trust him? Does anyone not trust him to make <laughs> the right lunatic. decisions? You're a lunatic if you don't trust him, an absolute yeah. lunatic. And, and something me and you talked about earlier in the week as well. Mm. How often do released players go to at least similar or yeah. higher clubs? Yeah. I think this might be very, a rare occasion. Rarely. Maybe one might or one or two might go to a similar maybe, level club, maybe. but not. I, I imagine that. What I'd say is, I think most of those players who are released will get decent moves. Mm. Because they've shown they're good characters and good players, and I, I can see them. I'd imagine a lot of them will get moved to League Two clubs, mm. and probably decent contracts out of them as well. I think we all know the obvious one we're talking about. The, the one we're on the we think it might be on the fence is Christian Dennis, even though he's been top scorer. We think we think Simo might be quite ruthless on that one, simply because I think he probably needs. I need to freshen it up for League One. Um, right, uh, rest of the defence. Um, we'll, we'll just do the sort of. I'll try and do the three of them at once almost. John Mellish, great performance, as we said, considering he was booked for most of the game. Really composed, done his job, got his blocks in, booted it clear, didn't get as forward as much. He did a little bit, obviously, in the second half when he was playing in midfield and he got into good positions. There was one point, I think it was in, in extra time, where he got away down the left and passed the defender and someone had chucked like a, a soft ball or something onto the mm. pitch, hadn't they? Mm. And he got he got confused by the softball, <laughs> he said he like he nearly lost the ball from that, and he did, couldn't quite get a clean ball. And I thought, oh, whichever idiots kicked that on the pitch, well done, um, great performance by him. But I think we've got to give a special mention to the other two players, haven't we? Because they've run themselves into the ground, especially when they had to play in a back four as, as the two centre backs, Huntington and Whelan. Yeah. And like say, bear in mind, Mike, it might be Whelan's last appearance for us. Yeah, what a way to go out. Exactly, and. I think Huntington was possibly my man of the match, but yeah, Whelan just did what you'd expect from him. You know, it, I think that right centre back slot is his best position. Yeah. I think we had a little while when he first came to the club, not knowing what his best position is. I, I think it's that, to be honest. I mean, he's definitely not a right back. I think we found that out fairly quickly. Yeah. Didn't we? He's just not wasn't quick enough to play that role, especially as a wing back. But Dan, a pair of them were brilliant, weren't they? I think. Would you agree, Huntington man of the match potentially? Honestly, you you could literally name half a dozen and you yeah. wouldn't offend anyone. No, you no. know, Hawley, Huntington, Senior, yeah. Moxon, you know, the, the list goes on. You I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give a man of the match for the game, they all get it, the whole squad. And that includes players not selected in the eighteen because yeah. do you know what summed it up yesterday? Yeah. The speed Mick Kelly ran on to hug Thomas Hawley. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Jaden Harris was first one into the pile. Yeah, you know th- th- these are lads who who haven't played as much, and they're the first ones absolutely buzzing, and that that that's part of why I've said we were going up for such a long time. It's the squad camaraderie and it's the man management that Simo's done with this squad, isn't he? he he's just uh, that is probably I, I would argue Simo's biggest skill is his man management. 
He knows how to handle the squad and how to handle players who are not involved and make sure that, I mean, getting a good couple of good characters in there who clearly the fans all love, don't, you know, who love being involved. And like, I mean, Jamie Devitt's the obvious one. We, we all know what a great character he is and how good he's been around the squad. But it seems like Mick Kelly's one of those ones as well, isn't he? He's a backup mm-hmm. keeper who's going to be ready to step in if he needs to. I'm not saying he's happy to be a number two and happy to not be involved as much as he probably want. But he seems to be a good egg, and, and Thomas Hurley talks about what a good character he is, doesn't he? A lot, Mike, and you know, how much yeah. he, sp- he spurs him on as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, and you touched on Devitt there. I, I'd imagine if Jamie Devitt's surgeon, who probably told him to go easy on his <laughs> legs for a few days, if he was watching some of the celebrations, I think he'd have his have his head in his hands. Like well, there was, uh, there was no sign. Yeah, he braced on his knee. And there was no sign of those crutches, was there? When he was on the pitch, he was absolutely no. loving it. Which is, yeah. I, I genuinely think that was a lovely thing to see because obviously he'd been here. What well, this is about his, if you include his first spell, four and a half years he's been with us mm. now. I think. And to get some success, and, and, and he put a lovely tweet, a couple of lovely Instagram posts out on a tweet. I think there's one tweet of him with his, with all the lads from the Manchester area saying M6 car school for life, sort of thing. You know, great lads, and and then one today wasn't there saying, you know, amazing. This club will always have a bit of my heart, and how much? I, I mean, he's basically insinuating that he knows he's off, doesn't he? Basically, he mm. knows his contract's not getting. I I don't think he's off. I think he's retiring. Yeah, I, I think he knows yeah. that. I, 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 that yeah. Look, we. we, he's, we he's, Unfortunately, his body just can't take it, can it? You know. No, we we can't we can't assume anything in terms of that, can we? But that's the impression you get, isn't it? Sadly, but um, but yes, I mean, like we said, Huntington, outstanding. Like the fact that he, you know, at the end you could see he was he was cramping up a hell of a lot, and you know he's he's what thirty five now, but he 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 doesn't play like a thirty five year old, does he, Dan? He's just he's constant running. He dealt so well with um, uh, Olafay. He's he's a a bloody good player, by the way. It really causes a lot of problems, actually, to be fair, and Stretton the same. But I thought he handled the pair of them brilliantly throughout the 137 minutes of, of the game. So, fantastic to see. Right, let's do another six-second review um, before we uh, go on a couple more talking points. We'll go with my brother first. So, this is Blaine. I, I should apologise, actually, now to Blaine, because I, I meant... On the last two episodes, I completely forgot to mention... Give a shout-out to him for his uh, crossbar challenge... In the uh, the Bradford home game, um, so obviously, as anyone who goes to Brunton Park regularly will know that they're at half time these days. They do a crossbar challenge from the edge of the box where you got to chip the ball into the crossbar uh, to win like a ten pound voucher. I think it is. Uh, and my brother stepped up in that game and hit the crossbar first time um, and ran off like a, an idiot with his uh, shirt, get, taking his shirt off and swinging it round his head. You were saying Danny looked like Callum Guy in those things, weren't you? So. Um, yeah, he did. He does. He does, doesn't he? But, but yeah, well done, Blaine. There you go. You've had your shout out. So don't, stop, stop complaining to me about it. Here's his six second review. Hey guys, you might know me from uh, last week. The uh, <coughs> the crossbar. I don't know if anybody knew this. Kept trying to keep it quiet for a while against Bradford at home at, at half time. Um, yesterday at Wembley, wow. I'm just going to, I'm not sure if Regan's copyrighted his catchphrase, but I'm just going to use it all the way through this. There was 11 shaggers on that pitch to start, 16 shaggers in all on that pitch. The shagger of all shaggers, Mr. Simpson. Other shaggers such as Jamie Devitt, Ben Barkley on the bench, all shagging together. And I couldn't be any more proud of them shaggers. Up the shagging blues. <laughs> wow. 
That, that was comprehensive, wasn't it? <laughs> God's sake. Yes, I love the fact that he used the first 15 seconds of it to talk once again about him hitting the crossbar <laughs> against Bradford before the, the halftime. Well, we don't really got much to say about that because he didn't really say much about the actual game, so we'll move on. Um, yeah, um, in terms of the rest of the team then, uh, midfield, um, McCalman and Guy, tough games for them. I think it's fair to say they had to do a hell of a lot of running in this one. We didn't control the ball probably as much as we'd like, even though we probably were the better side in this no, game. Uh, Stockport were probably better than the second balls yesterday, I thought. Yeah. I thought mm. that's one area they were they were good at. Yeah. Uh, so we did a lot of running in the middle of the park. Oh. And again, they weren't terrible. You know, there were still no. six out of tens. You know, they maybe not quite hit the heights of recent games, but they didn't let anyone down, you know, and... Yes, they both got subbed, but it wasn't because they played badly. It was just tactical needs, you know. Yeah, we needed to push on a little bit more, didn't we? That was that was the main reason. And we all know Mellish has got an engine on him. That he, he, you know, if he was still out there now playing during the the Barnsley Sheffield uh, Wednesday game, you know, <laughs> this afternoon, he'd be like he'd be running himself into the ground, wouldn't he? For that, so, so there you go. Um, right, uh, yeah. So yeah, those two. Yeah, you couldn't really fault too much with the effort they put in. He just wasn't quite their day in terms of creating. Owen Moxon really grown to this one, didn't he? He obviously got man yeah. of the match, the official one for the uh, for the EFL, which kind of to be expected, wasn't it? They were always going to give it to him, I think, if he had a good game, similar in the way that they were probably going to give it to someone like a Paddy Madden or someone for um, Stockport if they'd won the game. Um, but yeah, how did you feel he, he performed in this one, Mike? Uh, yeah, uh, he, he did a lot of good defensive work. He tracked mm. back and made some good tackles. Um, and obviously we touched on the Garner header and we touched on the Dennis header that the keeper saved. They both came from Owen Mopson set pieces. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah, and, and a brilliant penalty as well. That penalty done was superb, wasn't it? I know we've said it already yeah, before, but just to, to take a short run up like that as well, for me, it looked like it was telegraphed where he was going to put it. And yet he still sent it that way. The keeper went the other way. <laughs> And uh, he puts it in the top corner. Absolutely brilliant, wasn't it, for Murray Moxon? And yeah, like you said, you know, what I'd say about him is if that's his last kick for us, if he goes in the summer, what a season to have had him, isn't it, Dan? Oh, yeah. Absolute dream. You know, a lad from Denton Home who was delivering parcels a year ago. It is cliche, but, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's scored six goals. He's, he's set 16 up. He's, top or nearly top in nearly every key I hate this word key performance indicator you know yeah you know tackles dribbles you know he's, he's just bang 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 and unfortunately for us that doesn't go unnoticed he's he's getting watched by many many clubs I know that for a fact I know yeah I know people in the game who've told me they know of clubs watching him well, I think we've I'd, touched before. I'd, Blackburn are the obvious one we've heard, isn't it? I think Blackburn, Sunderland, Sheffield yeah. United. Sunderland and Sheffield United were watching him at yeah. Annan. They'll still yeah. watch him this season. We know for a fact Blackburn have been watching him. Yeah. There was always that Swansea rumour. I yeah. mean, no bid ever happened, I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, what, they've certainly watched him. What he's telling is, I, I, after the game, I was looking up a few things on Twitter to see if there's any interesting comments from neutrals watching the game. And I thought, well, I'll look up Owen Moxon. And he's just fan of club after club after club saying, oh, I'd love that Owen Moxon midfielder. Like, oh, we should go yeah. for him. Like, Rotherham fans and uh, I think it was uh, Peterborough and Leighton Orient fans are thinking, lads, you're not getting him. Well, <laughs> With the greatest enough, Peterborough were linked on footy insider last week, weren't they? Do you they? know what? If, if he's still at Adam, he'd no, be a typical side no, for him. 
no disrespect to Peterborough because they have a track record for mm. picking up these sort of players, but they missed the boat last summer. Yeah, mm. yeah, and normally you they're know, really good no, at that no, kind of thing. No, no disrespect. There's not many clubs in League One who can afford him. No, absolutely. In fact, I, I don't think there's any. To be quite honest, yeah, I think he's going Championship. I don't think there's much doubt yeah. about that. I think he's going to end up there. And 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 when he does go, it's got to be seven figures minimum. I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, well, no, 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 no. He's, he's to be top of so many metrics. You can go away with your two fifty, five hundred grand. Walk, go. You know, you, mm. we're not selling at that price. Yeah, yeah. Get one well, more season out instead. Get more one, one more yeah. season out of him. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have another season out of him and, and be released than take yeah. two fifty, five hundred. Yeah, that's what you run, wasn't it? Really, but there you go. Um, on to attackers. I mean, the, the, the two started at least. Um, Garner and Gordon didn't quite work as well, Mike, did it, for those two in this game, I think it's fair to say. Some good running from from Gordon towards the end of the uh, first half and then a little bit at the start of the second half, but he just couldn't quite get into the game in the same way he had done in, in the last there game. There was a couple of times he made lovely runs, but they just weren't spotted in time and he was like, mm, ah, yeah. you know. But I, th- I think what they did do, though, is tire the defence out and you'll yeah. see a lot of that, really. Uh but yeah, certainly when Patrick came on, he was against a tied defence. An interesting one, Dan. Garner early on got a, 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 what was a fairly soft free kick given to him. And we did think, okay, this might be Garner's day. He might get a lot of these. And I don't think he got, I think he got maybe one more after that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just frustrating. I mean, like, if you want to briefly touch on the ref. I, look, I think we've had worse refs this season, a lot worse refs. But he was a bit frustrating with some of the free kicks he was giving for both yeah. sides. were just bizarre, yeah. weren't they? He was not, not mm. a great ref. No. Yeah. But you know, what well, the, the habit of, of an reps. entire League Two season? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's yeah. let's not talk about it. It's not it's not a day for him, is it really? But there you go. Right. Uh, we'll wrap up the six second reviews, and then we'll we'll get a couple more talking points before we wrap up this episode. Um, I mean, it's a long episode. This constantly, we're only talking about one game, but pff, what a game to talk about, eh? Right. So this is uh, Nick Brown, another good friend of the show. Here is his six second review. I haven't listened to this again, but he said that I was barely comprehensive when he was uh, recording it. He basically said, so it, it might not make sense. Here's Nick's review. I've still hardly got any voice left after that yesterday. <laughs> and what a day it was. What a football club. What a manager. And what a season. The game was a roller coaster, as, you, as we all knew it was going to be. Not much between the two teams. First, what, 15, 20 minutes, there wasn't anything in it really. A couple of chances either way. Stockport maybe had a bit more of the ball, but they didn't really trouble us. And then they score that spawny goal from nowhere. And then you start to worry, don't you? You think, oh, they're going to get on top. But I've got to say, that back line were, were unbelievable. And that's why we won today, because they dug in, limited Stockport to one shot on target in the opening 90 minutes and that gave us the platform to then to really build into the game. Stockport started tiring. They made some, I don't know, oddish changes. When they brought Madden off, I thought we grew even more into the game and then we bring a bit of pace on and they're, they're, they're sitting deeper and deeper. And credit to us, we just had, I know we had to have a go, but we really got in behind and we really tried to stretch them and, and we deserved the goal. We should have scored just before it, but but the way it panned out, like that 90 seconds of mayhem, and when that ball hit the net, God, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? What a feeling. Limbs everywhere, people jumping everywhere, grown men and kids crying all over the place. And we only looked like the only team that was going to go on and win it then. But 
luckily for Stockport, the 90 minutes came and then extra time, I think everyone was knackered and there was chances here and there for both teams and no one ever maybe didn't look like winning and maybe settled for penalties in the end. And what can you say about the pens? Like five fantastic penalties. Their keeper had no chance of any of them and, and the big man done the business and saved one and there you go, Taylor Charters sends us to League One and not a dry hour in the house and everyone was Ganraj and everyone was right on the pave and what a party and bring on League One next season. Up the blues. Ah, good comprehensive review there from Nick. But fair play to him for powering on when his voice was struggling a bit there. Yeah. So. He, uh, he, he messaged me uh, late this morning. He, he woke up early and took the dog for a walk. Yeah. I think he ended up taking the dog for a four-hour walk. Wow. He was just listening. <laughs> He was just listening to all the BBC Cumbria pre-match, post-match, Amazing. club YouTube stuff and everything. And he said oh. he just ended up walking uh, up, up like Rhea, Briscoe, everywhere. You know, oh. just kept walking back down by the petal. And I think he said he was out for four hours. <laughs> oh, poor, poor dog would be knackered. <laughs> yeah. I, I did have to laugh. He, he touched on uh, people crying. And obviously, you know, I said before, I welled up when Charter scored. But there was a little girl about three rows in front of us who was crying. And her mum, obviously, I couldn't hear what was going on. But her mum basically pointed at me and said, It's okay, that grown man's crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> which, uh, yeah. Put you in your place a little bit there, Mike, I'm guessing. Yeah, right, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, interestingly, makes the point about the, yeah, something I want to touch on briefly again about the Patrick Golden celebrations. I think the celebrations were toned up that little bit more because of the handball incident like a minute earlier. Because mm. I think everyone was still so angry and frustrated and pent up and because we kept hold of the ball pretty much from after that and then just bang, went in and scored. I think that made the celebrations that bit stronger, didn't they, Dan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said earlier, for me, it was a penalty. Uh, the fact the TV's never showed the replay speaks volumes. And, mm. you know, the ball went up our end. We recycled it, came back down pretty quickly, worked it. You know, it was like a 60, 90 second phase of play that, you know, resulted on a sequelising regardless. So, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's just talk a bit about our days out then. I mean, uh, helped, wasn't it, Mike, by the, the beautiful weather for the weekend, what, 22, yeah. 23 degrees, bright sunshine all day. Luckily, we were because we were, we were all behind the goal, we were in the shade, weren't we? Which was an absolute godsend because yeah. it was very warm in that fan park before the game. It's fair to say. Uh, any highlights from the day, from the trip out? Um, I have to say, I was impressed with how efficient they were at serving beer in the uh, mm. in the fan zone. Because, uh, yeah. you know, obviously there was big queues, but they, they were getting through people quickly. There was Obviously, there was only one choice of lager, which was Budweiser, which I'd rather not drink. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. The pale ale was terrible as well, so it was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they literally just had people pulling pints, pulling pints, pulling pints. And then, you know, someone else just taking money and giving you the pint. Yeah. It's uh, it was a very efficient yeah. system they're going on. They closed the to, bar, to, didn't to they, be... as well, at half past 12 as well, which means everyone sort of left to actually work quite well in terms of getting people in the ground too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say that, to, to be fair, to, to be fair to Wembley and the surrounding part now, it's very, very well oiled. You know, whether yeah. it's mm. fan parks, going in the ground, queuing for the trains, the tube, it's... 
they do it that often now that they're just bloody good at it. You know, it's. It, it, I mean, last time I was there for it was for the Euros final. Uh, you were there, Mike, as well, and it was yeah. it was slightly different outside. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was akin to uh, an urban riot at the times that <laughs> day. But yeah. uh, yes, I know there was only thirty four thousand there, but you know, anyone who has a complaint about yesterday just needs a head seen too. To be quite honest. It was an amazing day, wasn't it? And obviously then, yeah. after the final, after the end of the final penalty, the, the celebrations at the end were amazing, you know, just singing and dancing, you know, playing Free From Desire as well. You know, that was amazing, jumping around to that. Um, lovely to see all the, the people. The uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC, yeah. which is one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah, really got the atmosphere going that as well. And uh, I would say the thing, the biggest cheer when they were lifting the trophies was when Simo got it, wasn't it? Really huge cheers then. And I love the little touch there though, from Simo. As soon as he finished lifting it, he pushed through the players and gave it to Andrew Jenkins to get him to lift it as well, you know, because, you know, it is his club at the end of the day. He's the one who's backed Simo and said, you know, he was the one who took the decision. Correction, it's our club. Oh, it's our club, I know. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? But yeah, his, his club, as well as ours, if you know what I mean, collectively, he yeah. is a fan, you know, we all know that. And he's well, he the didn't one. give me the trophy. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But no, it, you know what I mean? But basically, he, he took you know, arguably a brave decision to go against the company that you owe the debt to. To get rid of, you know, I nearly said his name there. God, that was close. Um, you know who, you know, he, he who shall not be named, which could have, you know, could have really backfired. You know, if if, if things had gone wrong with so many gone down, they could have ended up calling in debts and we could have been right in the do-do. As it was, it's turned out to be a masterstroke of a move to bring Simmer back. It would, have been, it would have been ironic if I did call it in because when you tried to speak to them about repaying it, they don't answer the phone or email but uh, never mind carry on hopefully that's going to be resolved in the summer we'll never have to hear from them again with any luck um after the game uh, we 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 were some of the last to filter out weren't we mike we stayed Mm. till quite late i think greg and co went to go get to the bus to make sure they got their seats on it again and stuff like that but for us we were just just buzzing weren't we just like it was an incredible feeling chris who was with us he um he'll be listening to this from naples because he was flying out to naples this morning um, on holiday, having come down from Sheffield, so I hope you're having a good holiday, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm actually we... flying to Naples four weeks today myself. Oh, <laughs> what, a, what a lovely place to go to, Evan. But we don't want to turn this into wish you were here, do we? So, um, no, no. Um, yeah, and we we just wandered back towards Wembley Central, didn't we? And we went to the uh, the JJ Moons, the Spoons there. What a great Spoons that is as well, and it's good after the game because it still is Cal United fans only, isn't it? I think yeah. locals can maybe get in, but basically Cal United fans. And we went in and had an amazing time. When we, there was a few chants going on there. Everyone was just buzzing. There's some Sheffield Wednesday, I think, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday fans in there as well that we're having a chat with, you know, and uh, some Barnsley fans. And, you know, they were all looking forward to tomorrow, seeing how happy we were. Um, and, and, yeah, it was just a great feeling. And then we got the the overground back to Euston and went to our one of our favourite haunts, the Euston Tap, just outside uh, Euston Station. It's a great place to have a pint. Um, and we were sat in there in the beer garden and we just kept seeing a few um, Carlisle fans come along, didn't we, Mike? It was lovely chatting with a few people. You know, people yeah, there's some Stockport fans in there as well. And, yeah. you know, they they were good lads, you know, basically just said it was a tight game. I, I, and... I think I think this is the point where we yeah. we sing the praises of uh, Stockport, the club, the fans, etc. Yeah. yeah. Compared to another club we've played recently, <laughs> it's like chalk and cheese. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big cheese fan, so... Yeah, Stockport of the cheese and Bradford of the chalk. Yeah, hundred percent right. I had that down as a talking point. Full credit to Stockport, gracious losers. You know, you don't, you no one likes a bad loser. 
and they were all listening. They, they must be hurting. It oh yeah, must hurt so much losing in them circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And the fans, everyone we spoke to was great. They were all like, you know, well done. You you, you just about deserved it. I mean, and that, that's not said in a sarcastic way. It's a case of you just edged it, which is which I think we all agree is is, is the situation. Mm. And yeah, I think there was all we were all saying, and I think we were all in agreement. I'd be amazed if they're not top three next season because you get the impression. They'll clear out the little bit of dead wood in their squad and they're going to bring some real quality in in the summer, aren't they? Um, but that's the thing as well is I'm just glad that we're not in League Two because obviously Wrexham are in there now, Notts County, Stockport are still in there, Salford will be spending money, Bradford, you know, and you've got like MK Dons have come down. Yeah, Gillian, Colchester, they had like, they turned around in the season. Crew turned around a little bit. It's it's going to yeah. be a, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath next season, Dan, isn't it, Lee? Too, it's going to be a really tough division to get out of. I think. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, Wrexham are the, the starting point yeah. there. You know, Notts County, Stockport, we're expecting Gillingham to show well based on the second half. Yeah, you know, the Bradford are in there. Salford are always going to be up there, regardless. Like some Mansfield, you know. Oh, it's, yeah, we didn't mention Mansfield before. Well, it's going to be a right old bun fight, isn't it? Just glad we're not involved hey, in it. <laughs> hey, who cares? Well, who cares? Right, well, we're going to wrap it up now because we're going to talk briefly. We'll talk a bit more detail and other things, but we're going to be in League One next season. And we now know the final lineup of League One, don't we? Mm, so, yeah. um, what are you looking forward to most, Dan, next season in League One? Which, which games are you looking forward uh, to? It's an obvious games... one, isn't it, that we're thinking of? We're all in agreement on. That's Wigan, isn't it? Not a... <laughs> Actually, oh, Wigan yeah. away is the one we're looking for. Wigan away, first game of the season, is a stuff of dreams. But I right, tell look, you what, look, it's not it's not great in Manchester Police's stuff of dreams. I'll tell you that much now. Well, no, we, we'd take five thousand and fill yeah. that end if we gave us that many tickets. Uh, we, you know, obvious ones: Wigan and Bolton, probably yeah. Blackpool. I, I, I hate going to Blackpool; it's a shit hole. But <laughs> you know, in terms in terms of for a football match, you know, it's there's three great games there. Then then you've got your likes of. Barnsley and Derby, you know, big clubs. Reading, we haven't played Reading since '82. You know, mm-hmm. there's not many Carlisle fans will have seen us play Reading. No. I've got um, a Reading you know, mate who is an absolute sucker for punishment, and he's he's yearning for Carlisle away on a Tuesday night. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I actually said on Twitter today, Reading reeks of one of those duplicate Tuesday matches home and away, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I'd be amazed if it isn't. Yeah, but even then, you know, likes of likes of Charlton, Peterborough, Oxford, they're, they're all well supported teams. Portsmouth, yeah. you know, I mean, even though they're a long way, they'll still bring several hundred, if not a thousand. And no, or no disrespect to, to your Suttons and Crawleys, you know, you're never going to do that, lads. You know. Yeah, I mean, like like you said about the London ones, you're you're right there, Dan. Like Charlton and Orient next season as well. It's going to be cracking to be able to to do two decent London aways and. And actually, even looking at some of the others, like Lincoln City, we haven't played Lincoln in a league game for, well, mm-hmm. I think, for, for a few years actually now. And it, you know, it's that's going to be a great one. And oh, Fleetwood one? never never played Fleetwood in, in the league. Well, it's Dan. Yeah, you're, you're going to talk about the mm-hmm. stat now, aren't you? Yeah, if one the day we play Fleetwood in the league, we'll then see Man United reverting to being the only member of the current ninety-two we have not played in a league game. Well, there you go. And in, in terms of other points, one more I want to mention it's Shrewsbury Town because we've uh, got a good friend Dale who's a Shrewsbury fan and we haven't played them in a proper game. I think he last time he came to Brunton Park was in 2006 in the season. Obviously, we went up um, as uh, champions. 
Who was in goal for Shrewsbury that day? Joe Hart. That's incredible, isn't it? Joe Hart was the Shrewsbury mm-hmm. keeper. A 17-year-old Joe Hart. So, yeah. That's he that. saved a Chris Lumsden penalty at their place. He did. And it was not retaken. And, and, no, in fact, I think he saved one. But then another one was given. And he saved that. But I think it was retaken and Lummy scored it. I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was the famous one where the uh, the, the blow-up sheep was on the roof of the net. Uh, Gay Meadow, wasn't it? Gay, Gay Meadow was a great It to us for the home game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, anything else we need to talk about? Can't no, think. not really. Can't think. I think we covered it, yeah. Yeah, you had a belt and day out though, didn't you, Dan? We obviously didn't talk about your day out because it was more or less the same as ours, wasn't it, over the journey yeah, back well, we, we, back uh, we, we, we went down to crew on Saturday night, stopped yeah. over, uh, travel lodge nice and cheap. Uh, we got on your train at crew. There was a train eight minutes before from Manchester that was standing room only when it came into crew. Wow. And about 200 Stockport fans got on at crew, so... Yeah. Whereas our train was, uh, we got switched platform last minute because that one took ages to leave, and uh, we we came down. We we had half a carriage to ourselves in the end, didn't we? Yeah, it was lovely and quiet, wasn't it? I think there was a couple yeah. more, a few yeah. more Carlisle fans on a few Stockport. It was, it was nice in the end. It was a, a yeah, nice no, just the, the whole the whole day was brilliant. You know, me and my lad there with with one of my best mates and his wife and. You know the whole the whole experience, and we got an absolute flyer coming on. Uh, we walked up to Wembley Central. Within a minute, a train came. Got to Euston. Seven minutes later, there was a train back to Liverpool for Crew. Uh, we were back in Crew by twenty five past seven. Back at Penrith for half nine, and uh, as I say, I parked up at my house at ten o'clock. We were still sat on the Euston tap drinking at twenty past seven. So we went there. We basically, I said afterwards, we went to the Euston tap, and I think we stayed there for an hour and a half, didn't we? Making the beer gun. it was lovely. Mm. Just having a couple of pints, having yeah. a crack with some Carlisle fans. You know, Martin Howarth, who's an, another a big fan of the show, um, who listens uh, every week. Uh, so big shout out to Martin because I know he, I know he he had a fair few at the game, and I think he was quite tired afterwards. So he was, you'll uh, love to have a little shout out here. But we obviously we ended up getting on the what was it. 8, 8.20, 8.32 or something like that, wasn't it, I think, the train? Yeah. 8.42 at the beginning. It was 42 past the uh, No, in fact, no, this one was 8.39. It was three minutes earlier for yeah. some weird reason. Um, now, uh, we got all the way up to Runcombe, which is anyone who's been on Euston to Liverpool service will know, that's the last station before Liverpool. And it's only about 15, 20 minutes from Liverpool Lime Street. Unfortunately... Your your friends Dan, uh, there was a signal failure <laughs> from between uh, Runcorn. Uh, yeah, not not your part, is it? Um, yeah, there was a signal failure between um, Wavertree, which is where I live, which is just before you, uh, Lime Street, and uh, Runcorn. So the train couldn't go any further. We sat there waiting on the platform for about probably about forty forty five minutes. I think was it, Mike? Probably. Yeah. And there was a, there was a guy and and his partner across from us, proper proper gangster sounding wasn't he the way he was trying to talk he, wannabe he was, gangster uh, he was a wannabe gangster because like they were trying to explain to him the fact that because he was like oh when we got to cruise like because oh, what one was he went back to crew basically uh and then there was a diversion via newton and willows it's on a different line back to line street so they managed to get in in the end but um yeah the he thought you had to get off the train at crew to get on another train and then some person was like, no, no, you don't get off here. The the, the train's just going to go back up. And he goes, oh, that's the right touch, Lays. Um So, yeah, he was... He, he fought <laughs> but it was very funny because um, when we were at Runcorn... Oh, yeah. Like, someone basically said, like... Because he was going on, like, oh, I've got this, this event I've got 
to my and uh, <laughs> all the rest of it. And someone told him, well, if, if you get off the train now, you can get a taxi to Liverpool for about 30 quid. It'll be a lot quicker for you. I said, oh, I'll, I'll do that. It's a good idea. And then the train started moving. <laughs> Literally, he, he got up and he got halfway down the carriage and suddenly the train just started moving back to go towards crew. And he came <laughs> back. He got lucky, though, because he left his trainers on the, on the train. If he'd, if he'd got off, he would have left them on there. So um, Nobody was going to tell him that he'd left the trainers. Everyone was just like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> absolutely yeah but to be honest I think the woman who told him about the taxi was just sick of him complaining wasn't she so yeah, she was like definitely. look you can get off here if you want <laughs> but yeah so we didn't get until dead on 1am into Liverpool so 90 minutes late but you know what we weren't bothered yeah. we, we were buzzing weren't we it was an amazing amazing day out genuinely players one of the best and looking forward to next season now so much definitely. I just, League 1 just no, no disrespect to League 2 but it's, it's better isn't it it's better, as simple as that. Um, that's it. We've done 90 minutes. I think that's more than enough to cover uh, what happened at the league. Well, it's not more than enough. We could we could have talked for a couple of hours, really, couldn't we? But um, we've all got things to do. Um, we're going to be back later in the week to do the retained list. And, of course, we will also be looking into, um, you know, in terms of what our predictions were for the season. We're also going to put out a poll for our Play of the Season award for our listeners, aren't we, guys? So we'll, we'll get that out, uh, hopefully, tomorrow. Uh, we'll let, keep it open for a few days and we'll we'll let you know who the award winners are then. We'll pick our own award winners as well as uh, as hosts, which we'll go through. And uh, and yeah, so that retain this one's going to be our last one until the uh, fixture list, isn't it, Dan? I think that's what we've we've got in our plan at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll rest your ears for a, a few weeks. We'll uh, yeah. we'll do this one at the end of the week to to tidy up the odds and sods yeah. and. Uh, Obviously, the re- retained list will be the main, and then you know we will, we probably will see the odd signing. But we'll uh, when the fixtures come out, we can't talk about fixtures for an hour. We'll uh, yeah. we'll do any news and because obviously season tickets, kits, etc. Will yeah should be out by then. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? So much exciting stuff coming up. It's, it's fantastic to see. Um, guys, that's it. So that's our last review of the season. Thank you. Everyone who's listened throughout the season, and, and I'm going to say, Dan, actually, we had a few people coming up to us at the at the ground, didn't we? And before the game stuff, saying thank you for for doing. Yeah, the podcast. I, I had a couple of people at Crew Station and whatnot, and uh, it really is appreciated. Anyone yeah. who stops to talk to us because I, I know we chat shit loads, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, know. we're doing this for now, and you we obviously all enjoy it, don't you? Exactly, exactly, guys. Thanks for joining me once again. Thanks to everyone for listening. And up the Blues. Up the League One Blues. Up the Blues. Up the League One Blues. I'm off to bed. Up the sleep-deprived blues.